home improvements, home renovations, home maintenance, home repairs, and all the other challenges of home ownership. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the podcast. My name is Doug and I am a slob. I'm a neat freak at heart, but in practice, not so much. And that caused a rather ugly situation earlier this year. It started out as a promising relationship. I had put out feelers on Facebook asking friends for recommendations for electricians. I had that situation in the garage, the one where the lights were tied into a GFCI circuit, and I felt that that might be a safety concern because, you know, I could be using the table saw and the lights could suddenly go out if the GFCI tripped. Well, anyway, I couldn't make sense of the wiring because, as it turns out, it was rather messed up. And there were also a couple problems in the house as well. Well, I got a recommendation for someone who lives fairly close to us. And I checked his credentials on the Electrical Safety Authority's website. And he was indeed a legitimate licensed electrical contractor. So satisfied, I followed through on the recommendation and hired the guy. And things went great. He sorted out what needed to be sorted out, fixed everything up, and he charged a fair price. But more importantly, I felt that we had some good rapport. I was able to talk to him about electrical stuff, and he wasn't the least bit condescending. Unlike the other electrician that we hired when we first moved here. I mean, that guy was an excellent electrician, don't get me wrong. But... He was absolutely horrified when I had the audacity to suggest that I understood the nuances of black to brass and white to silver. He was a master electrician, and I wasn't. So therefore, I couldn't possibly know what he knows about electrical, even if it's the most basic stuff. So, anyway, as the basement renovation was progressing... I was getting to the point where the electrical was going to have to be addressed. New circuits, new plugs, new lights, like basically rewiring the entire basement. And I had a choice. I could either hire someone or do it myself. In Ontario, only a licensed electrical contractor or the homeowner can do electrical work. Now remember, I am in Ontario, so the rules may vary depending on where you live. Now, of course, the Electrical Safety Authority pushes for hiring an LEC. But with the basement, that could easily cost anywhere from $3,000 to $6,000 or more, just guesstimating from the previous work that I've had done. So, of course, I was looking at doing it myself. Which means permits and inspections, obviously. And while I had pretty much memorized the Ontario Electrical Code Simplified book from 20 years ago, a lot of rules have recently changed. Like, for example, the requirement for arc fault circuit interrupters on most circuits. I had questions. So, branching off from an existing circuit would require an upgrade to AFCI protection, but what if you're just running a single plug off of a light circuit? Or what if you have a dedicated plug for a freezer when it's the only thing on the circuit? Is an AFCI plug sufficient or do you need to have an AFCI breaker? 
You see, I have unused spare standard breakers in my uh, electrical panel that are otherwise going to be wasted. You see, when we had our panel upgraded, the electrician had installed a couple of spare breakers, but some of these were in these combination breakers. Like, for example, there's one that has two single-pole 15-amp breakers on the outside and one double-pole 30-amp breaker in the middle, but it's all one unit. So in the case of, like, adding a circuit for the freezer, it would be nice if I could just use an AFCI plug so these spares won't go to waste. Otherwise, I'm going to be replacing breakers that I had no intention of replacing, like the 30-amp breaker, in addition to buying new 15-amp AFCI breakers, and ended up with a whole bunch of unusable breakers taking up space in the panel. I, I don't know if any of this is making sense, but anyway, I had questions about the rule changes and how they affected me, and whether they were just complicated enough to justify spending the money to hire a pro to do the job. Now... I'm not looking to spend more money on something I can do myself, but at the same time, you know, it's one less thing that I have to deal with. Well, as you research this stuff online, you are encouraged to seek the advice of an electrical contractor to see how the rule changes affect you or for any other electrical advice for that matter. Well, I figured why not talk to the guy who had just helped me out? So I texted him and asked if he could stop by for a few minutes when he had the time, and I would pay him a consultation fee. That last part is important. I was willing to pay for his advice, and I specifically used the word consultation in my text. There were basically three possibilities that I was exploring. One, getting enough clarity where I could be confident doing the job myself. Two, could I afford to hire him to do the work and whether or not it was worth it to have that project taken off my plate? Or three, a sort of hybrid. Could I mitigate my expenses by maybe helping run some of the wire, drilling holes, banging in staples? I didn't know if that last one would be allowed, but I figured it wouldn't hurt to ask. So anyway, he stops by and we go downstairs. I had a list of maybe five questions and I had the cash in my pocket ready to pay him for his time. My first question had to do with the bathroom and the new AFCI requirement, but before I could even ask the question, he pointed to a switch and a plug that I had temporarily secured to the joists. Uh, There's your first problem. You can't have anything inaccessible behind drywall. Okay? But that wasn't my question. (laughs) I had to put the switches and plugs somewhere after removing some framing. I still needed them as I worked on the renovations, but they weren't going to stay there. I had already explained that all the existing wiring was going to go. I am ripping out all the wiring in the basement and redoing it. And really, it didn't matter anyway because... I wasn't planning to drywall the ceiling, and in fact, on that side of the room, that ceiling is going to remain completely open. So we're not off to a good start. I am already on the defensive, and I hadn't even asked my first question. And things only went downhill from there. 
He scoffed that I hadn't even finished my framing yet. This is all premature. You're getting ahead of yourself. Well, normally, for most people at least, the framing wouldn't take too long, and the next step was the electrical. And I wanted to get my ducks in a row to avoid any delays, especially if I was going to end up hiring him to do the work. So now I'm kind of sputtering as I try to articulate my questions. He said that if I had questions, I should call the inspector. And then he proceeded to point out some of the violations that the inspector would nail me for, like no insulation between the wiring and the ductwork and wires that weren't secured with staples. Well, once again, the wiring that he was pointing to was going to be ripped out anyway. But I couldn't explain that because he was on a roll. Uh, you got a real mess down here. I'm not going to get involved. And then he stormed out of the house. And I mean stormed. He was genuinely pissed off. I followed him out to his van and tried to smooth things over, but two things are certain. After that outburst, I'm not going to hire him again, or recommend him even. And even if I did want to hire him, <laughs> he ain't coming back. Now, I did leave something out of this story. Something very important. In addition to the wiring being a mess, he was also pretty expressive about my basement in general being a mess. You see, I had boxes over here, I had lumber piled up over there, and there was other stuff that I was moving around willy-nilly when I needed to get it out of the way. There were a couple of tables that were piled up with assorted tools. The basement was an obstacle course. But it was an obstacle course that I was familiar with. However, it was not an obstacle course that he had navigated before. So no doubt he was overwhelmed when he first walked into that chaotic mess. And then seeing how jacked the existing wiring was only made matters worse. Okay, whoever had renovated the basement previously used zero staples to secure the wiring. So yeah, wires were drooping. Clearly the existing electrical work had not been inspected, and whoever did it might have been a bit of a hack. I mean, sure, he might have understood the nuances of black to brass and white to silver, but he didn't understand what it meant to do this stuff in a workmanlike manner. When stuff like that is messy, it does not instill a great deal of confidence that anything is done safely or correctly. As a general rule of thumb, I think it's pretty safe to assume that most electricians don't like fixing hack work. I mean, you have to put yourself in their position. No one likes fixing someone else's problems when it involves trying to figure out what they did, or in many cases, what they did wrong. But that wasn't the point here. All the wiring that he was looking at, all the wiring that he was criticizing, well, all that wiring was going to be ripped out. He completely missed what I was asking. I wasn't asking him how to wire my basement. I wasn't asking him to troubleshoot. I only wanted to ask about some of the rules and what to expect from the inspector. But the conversation never got to that point. 
And a big reason for that is because I am a slob. I expect that his attitude would have been quite a bit different had he walked into an organized workspace. You would think that I would have learned my lesson in the Money Pit house. The basement of that house was also a cluttered mess. And during the renovations of that house, the contractor spent an entire day just moving my stuff over to one side of the basement so that it was out of their way. Two contractors cleaning up my mess. About eight hours each when I was paying for time and materials. The insulation company that just did our house has a clause in their contract that any stuff that they have to move out of their way will incur a truck charge of $200 an hour. (laughs) Yikes. Messy work areas are not only distracting and dangerous, but they can also be expensive. And even when you know where you have to zig and where you have to zag, the chances for an accident or injury increase when you have a bunch of stuff in the way. And one person that would benefit from a more organized work area is me. I need to take my own advice. Now, I can't stand corporate buzzwords and philosophies like Six Sigma, Lean Manufacturing, Work Smarter, Not Harder, not to mention the unholy alphabet stew of acronyms that are associated with some of these things. I think when it comes to um, acronyms, Viva La Dirt League hit the nail on the head. All right, moving on to the other reason for the meeting. We really need to go over our KPIs for the month and make sure we've got all of our CTAs by EOD. Uh, actually, Ron, I haven't got the triple O for my PTO yet. Uh, I didn't approve your PTO. In fact, that's going to be UPL with a PC. Ah, FFS. Well, let's get BOT and finish this REM, okay? We've got to get QA on this OES because the ISP has said this UX isn't up to scratch. We won't be able to perform B2B OPS if the CMS isn't ready. I'll get on top of that CMS and then check the CPC as well. What about PPC? Uh, yeah, I'll check that as well as the ROS and the SEO as well. Uh, Ali, have you got the UV stance for the SAAS? We need that ASAP by EOP. Yeah, all good, Ron. I've got the OTC, MOM, TBA. Then the CFO has asked me to get on the EDS and EST ASAP. Cool. Thanks, Ali. Now, Adam, you've actually got an easy afternoon. I've just got one simple little task for you to get on with. Oh, good. So we've got the NSOR coming down the PQT, this Arvo. I need you to be on the FTG ASAP until the CTG comes through with the ROG. Get the DDA done by the EOP. Then you can LWR and take your SDR. Shouldn't be a much of a PQY because most of the people have a QW anyway. If you want to find out what happens next, the link is in the show notes. But yeah, there's an overabundance of this stuff that's supposed to make us more efficient. But how efficient can you be when you're spending all your time looking up what these acronyms stand for? But there is one that I think would benefit all of us do-it-yourselfers, and that is the 5S methodology, which I believe had its origins with Toyota's lean manufacturing system, and it's been adopted and adapted by other industries. Now. I cringe as I say this because we are constantly bombarded with this stuff at work. But there is a reason for it, and it has its benefits. So what is 5S? It's an organization method that uses five Japanese words that I'm going to mispronounce here. 
Seri. Seri. Seiton. Seiton. Seiso. Seiso. Seiketsu. Seiketsu. And Shitsuki. Shitsuke. Or translated, sort, set in order, shine, standardize, and sustain. So let's run through these and see how they can apply to our DIY home improvement projects. Sort. Get rid of the stuff that you don't need to make it easier to find the stuff you do need, which gives you more room to work and reduces the chance of injury. Done with the sawzall? Put it away. Don't leave it lying around where you can trip over it. Framing a wall? Well, chances are you aren't going to need that utility knife or that box of one-inch finishing nails, so why are they next to the three-inch screws or nails that you are actually going to use? Set in order, or straighten. Now, this means to make your workflow as easy as possible. Arrange the stuff in the order that you will use them. Shine. This one is all about keeping your work area clean. Sweep up. Clean your tools. And this will also give you the chance to inspect your work area and your tools and whatnot. Standardize is to establish a routine. This is a big part of my problem. I will work up to a point and that's going to be it for the day. And I'll just drop everything. And then the next time I get back to the project, I spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to figure out where I left off, where I left tools. What was the last place that I had that tape measure? Where did I leave my drill? Whereas what we should all do, and by we I mean me, is to take half an hour at the end of the day to put stuff away and clean up. And sort ensures that the stuff is always put away in the same place so it's easier to find the next time you work. The contractors who worked on the major renovation in our money pit house, the first thing they did was set up a scaffold shelf where they kept all of their tools. And at the end of the day, all of their tools were returned to that shelf. They didn't waste any time trying to figure out where they left their tools the day before. You know, we always see these lists like the amount of time we spend in line, the amount of time we spend in bed, how long we spend at red lights. And usually these are measured in hours or days per year, or sometimes it's in your life. Well, how much time do we waste looking for misplaced tools? I always talk about the reason I have three tape measures is because it was faster to run over to the hardware store to buy a new one than it was to look for the one I already had. The last S of the five S's is sustain or self-discipline. And this one's obvious. Don't fall back into old habits. Follow the five S methodology. <laughs> Uh, that kind of reminds me a bit of Chief Wiggum on The Simpsons. Now, just follow a little formula called PB&J. Peer at the monitor, be judgmental, and jot it down. And one way to remember that is ABC. Always be considering PB&J. But the single most important rule is the four A's. Always act according to ABC. You know, when I was expecting the plumber who was coming to rough in the laundry room, 
I cleaned up the basement in the area where he was going to be working because I knew that he wasn't going to want to work in my clutter. And as I cleaned up, I asked myself why I hadn't done it before. Why do I put up with my own mess? It took all of maybe half an hour to move boxes to one corner and sweep the floor. Maybe my tools aren't as organized as they should be, but at least all the other stuff is out of the way. It's a start, at least. And that gave the plumber the room to set his stuff in order. Once again, the five S's are sort, set in order, shine, standardize, and sustain. And as much as I cringe when I'm talking about this, it's not a bad system to apply to the work environments that we create when we are working on home improvements. And with that, I would like to thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, drop by the website at thumbandhammer.com. You can send me an email or voicemail from the contact page or leave a comment on the show notes page for this episode. I will talk to you again soon. Until then, cheers.